0: If you would turn in the scriptures this evening to verses we've looked at previously, first Peter, the second chapter, then also I think we'll go to Philippians, the first chapter, first Peter two, Philippians one, we began on a series some weeks ago, and um uh, want us to continue, and this has been our text. 1 Peter 2 and verse 5, I'm going to read the Amplified. Let's release our faith together in prayer before we read this and the rest of it. Father, we agree together as touching this thing and asking for utterance, exactly what you'd say to us, giving all of us ears to hear and Heart to receive. Our eyes are not on each other, but on you. We say the Holy Spirit is our teacher, and we reverence your holy word. We say it is life, and it is health, and it is wisdom, and it is everything we need, and it is forever settled, and perfect, and true, and we'll believe it and not doubt it. And by your grace, we purpose not to be hearers only but to be doers of what you show us. And we know when we act on it, good things will happen because you are faithful to watch over your word and perform it in the lives of those who do. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He said, come and like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ we've been made priests unto our God and priests offer sacrifices and we are to offer spiritual sacrifices that please God the easy to read translation says you are to serve God in this house as holy priests, offering him spiritual sacrifices that he will accept because of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Lord. So this is New Testament. This is for the church, for believers. What is a sacrifice? A sacrifice. Well, the type of it in the Old Testament They would take bulls and rams and and goats and they would uh, kill them and shed their blood and put them on the uh, altar and burn them and the smoke of the sacrifice would ascend into the sky and God would say that under the right circumstances he would receive and accept the sacrifice. Well, can we still offer sacrifices acceptable to God? We're not supposed to offer bulls and goats and sheep uh, blood sacrifice to atone for our sin because the blood of the lamb, the spotless lamb, has once and for all paid that price. And uh, it is not a sacrifice for sin, but if you notice, even in the, the Old Testament, the law, not all sacrifices were for sin. There were sacrifices that were just a thank you, a thank you sacrifice. There were any number of different sacrifices. Well, even though we're not offering sacrifices to pay for our sin, we still can offer things to the Lord that are sacrifices. The Bible talks about it here in the New Testament. Sacrifice, one way of saying it, is that it's going to take a price to do it. There's going to be a cost to do it. Jesus talked about it in Luke 14, where he said uh, that you, uh, you got you to count the cost like somebody that would build a tower or a house. First, they're going to count the cost. And he said, uh, those of you that are not willing to forsake all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. So in order to follow the Lord, is it going to cost anything? Is it? You know, a lot of Christians are in two camps today that I would call the no-suffering camp or the all-suffering camp. (laughs) Do you know what I mean by that? There are a lot of church-going people that would tell you that Christianity is pretty much suffering. That that's mostly what it is. And you really don't know why you're suffering, but you'll sure do a lot of it. And some way or another, it's God's will, and everything happens for a reason. (laughs) We've been talking about that on Sundays. I don't doubt that everything happens for a reason, but what's the reason? (laughs) See, sometimes people want to imply that it must be because of God's will and plan. Well, no, there's a whole lot of stuff happening in this earth that's got nothing to do with the plan of God. That's not his will, that doesn't please him. And we've, talk, we've been talking about that on Sunday. But uh, this has to do with a cost or a price. And is Christianity all suffering? Or, and, and you know, there are people that tell you, you know, that um, they're suffering being broke for the glory of God. They're suffering sickness and disease. They're suffering mental anguish and depression and all kinds of things. Failure and defeat for the glory of God according to the plan and will of God. Is that true? No. And then you got other folks that are in the no sacrifice camp. No suffering. They don't believe in any kind of suffering. None. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that can equate to not willing to give up anything, right. not willing to endure anything, only benefit minded right. believers. No suffering, no sacrifice. Look in Philippians. Now, to get the most out of tonight, it would have helped if you'd have heard everything we've already gone over, which is substantial. You can go online, download all the previous things for no charge. If you're in the house, you can go to the word supply after service and get you a CD or DVD. I believe it'd be worth your time. And of course, it won't cost you anything. And uh, no cost means what? No, no excuse, no excuse <laughs> for not knowing it, not having it. Uh, can't say I couldn't afford it. That's right. That's true. Philippians, the first chapter and the 29th verse says this. Philippians 1.29 says, I, unto you it's given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him. Now we certainly are strong on the believing on him part. Faith, life, church. Right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Believe on him. Walk by faith, live by faith, overcome by faith, but also to what? Suffer for his sake. Is that true too? <laughs> Word people or to believe all the verses, not just part A, but part B of the verse, the whole verse, right? Both of them are true. It's not only is it given to us to believe on him, but also what? To suffer, to suffer for his sake. Can you read the next verse? Having the same conflict which you saw in me and now hear to be in me. In other words, he's saying just like I've been suffering. Right. Yeah. Go with me to 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and, and let's see some description of Paul's sufferings because he said when he said about us suffering he said it's going to be you know like he was aren't you glad you came to church tonight to hear about suffering (laughs) second corinthians the 11th chapter is where i want you to go second corinthians 11 23 he says are they ministers of christ I speak as a fool. I'm more. (laughs) In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. Reckon that hurt? Was there any hurting or suffering involved in that?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In prisons, more frequent. You know, some things hurt you mentally. Mm -hmm. Emotionally. Mm -hmm. Being cooped up in a jail cell. Right? In deaths, often. Is he talking about suffering here? Yes. He is. Keep reading. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one, 39 stripes or, or, or hits. And that happened five different times. Reckon that hurt? Reckon there was some suffering in that? Keep reading. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. <laughs> Usually for most folks, that's enough, right? I mean, that's usually it. (laughs) There's nothing follows after that, but God raised him back. Three times I've been shipwrecked. Not once, three times, a night and a day I've been in the deep, you know, with the sharks bobbing up and down out there like a cork three days and nights. And God delivered him and got him somewhere else to preach after that. Yeah. Amazing? Would you call that suffering? Yeah. 26. Yes. Yeah. Journeyings often, perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils by my own countrymen, perils by the heathen, perils in the city, perils in the dangers. In, in the wilderness, we'd say dangers, I'm trying to say, instead of perils. Dangers in the sea, dangers among false brethren, in weariness. Painfulness, watchings, hunger, thirst, fastings, cold, nakedness. Somebody say suffering. Suffering. He's talking about suffering. 28. Beside those things which are without that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. He summed it up by saying, verse 30, if I must needs glory, I'll glory of the things which concern my infirmities. Infirmity literally means weakness. You have to see what it is. You know, stone and would make you weak. Yeah. Yes. Floating in the sea for three days. Yeah. You. <laughs> you know what is conspicuous for its absence in this list? Disease. Yeah. Wow. He said they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Right. And persecution can be intense. Yes. It can be... There are people in the world right now, every time they go to church, they are taking their life in their hands. Every time their preacher stands up and reads a verse, he knows it may be the last time he sees the light of day, may be executed. And people have their properties taken away from them and people are beaten and people It's still going on today. And if you preach and believe the truth, right here in the good old USA People will write you ugly
1: letters.
0: (laughs) They'll say less than kind things about you and to you. Try to hurt you. Lie on you. Try to stop your financial support. Say things to this one and that one. Try to hinder you what you're doing. There are lots of different ways to suffer without being diseased. Or without not having enough money to pay your bills and be able to eat. Do what you need to do. Is there a suffering that's according to the will of God? There is. But it's not suffering the curse of the law. It's suffering persecution. It's suffering paying the price that it takes to get this job done down here. Was Paul willing to do it? He was willing and he did it. Is he a good example? Should we follow him? Go to 1 Peter, please, the, the second chapter. Verse 19. 1 Peter two nineteen. This is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, And you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. He mentions two reasons for suffering here. Doesn't he? Suffering. Because of your conscience toward God. Versus suffering. Because of your own faults. And mistakes. We need to distinguish. Because there's a whole lot of Christians. That are going through a lot of stuff. And claiming it's for the glory of God. And it's not. It's just suffering because of. Making mistakes. And there's no reward in it. And there's no glory in it. But there is. Keep reading verse 21. For here were you called. Because Christ also suffered for us. Leaving us an example. That you should follow in his steps. The master suffered. In our stead. And we're not to suffer any of that. He also suffered as our example. We must distinguish between those two categories of suffering. And those things, how many know people mocked him and made fun of him and tried to hurt him and tried to kill him for preaching the gospel? Uh, That same thing happened to Paul and Peter and many of those that have followed since then. Persecution. Jesus is an example in that area. Verse 22. He did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, keep reading, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. If there's a lot of persecution and pressure, that's what we do too. You just present, you trust the Lord, right, to take care of you. And verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Why would you put that? Right in the middle of this. To me it's like saying, now I'm not talking about suffering being sick. He is talking about suffering, but right in the middle of it he wants to remind you you're healed from that by what Jesus did as our substitute and our sacrifice. So He uses the phrase of saying, those that are suffering according to the will of God, let them entrust their soul into the safekeeping of the Lord. Count on him. If we follow the Lord all the way, it's going to cost us something. You believe it? It's going to cost us something. And not just a little bit. And if all you're interested in is the benefits that we can get from living for the Lord and serving him, you're not seeing the whole picture, are you? There's more to it. We got to be willing to spend, like Paul said, spend and be spent and do it gladly, willingly. Use up our time, our energies, our days, our strength our youth, our middle-aged, our whole life, all our resources, all our opportunities, that there's no price that's too high, no cost that's too great to do what we were put down here to do, right? Is it going to cost us saints? Did Jesus say it's going to cost us? He did, but is that a bad thing? We learned a great verse on closing last week. Anybody remember the verse you're supposed to know now? Romans eight eighteen. What does it say? I reckon. I reckon. <laughs> that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us you get into this morbid depressed suffering for Jesus we're just doing the best we can I hope we make it in no joy no peace no faith is that what God's talking about is is that that how Paul was Is, is that how Jesus was no no Paul writes a letter from a Philippian jail cell. And about every two or three verses he says rejoice. I say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice all the time. He's writing from a dungeon. He was in the dungeon but the dungeon wasn't in him. It was costing him. But he didn't even compare it. To the glory that was being revealed. And going to be revealed. In his mind. Like we studied with uh, Moses last week. The cost didn't even compare. Was it worth it? Well. Way beyond. Doesn't even compare. I reckon. That the sufferings. Of this present time. Are What? They're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now this is a faith perspective. This is a believer view. Unbelievers don't think like this. Unbelievers are not willing to sacrifice today for tomorrow. They'd rather sacrifice tomorrow For what you can get today. But Moses, he was willing to give up being Pharaoh's family and everything that went with that package, being rich, rich, and do anything he wants to, have anything he wants to. He was willing to give all that up and suffer with the people of God. Right? Because he had respect, the Bible said, for the reward. That was coming. Yeah. And all of his running buddies. At the palace. Yeah. In Egypt. They've been dead for how long? A long time. And where are they? And what is their life? Who knows them? Or cares? Right. But we're talking about Moses. That's right. He'll never be forgotten. How many of Moses. Is going to be a part of this thing forever. Yeah. Everybody in heaven knows Moses. Everybody forever is going to know Moses. Why? Because he made the right choice. When he was in this life down here. He was willing. For it to cost him. In worldly stuff. So he could do God's things. And he had respect to the reward. Now. He didn't start off that way. Go to Exodus, the third chapter. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes we forget our faith heroes. Many of them didn't start out very heroically. They had some, some rough starts. Slow starts. <laughs> Difficult. Launching times. You know what I mean by that? Moses made that choice and he killed that Egyptian you know, hit him in the sand and he thought that all of the Hebrew people would go glory to God Moses is going to be our Savior and lead us out of this place Thank God for Moses. Yep. <laughs> but just the next day, yeah. he tries to mediate between some folks having some trouble. And, you know, he's, he's sensing this call on his life. He's supposed to, is he supposed to lead these people? Is he supposed to judge these people and help settle their problems? Yeah, even in his youth, he senses that. And the guy turns around and says, who made you a ruler or a judge over me? And they didn't want him. Do you know people have historically rejected God's choice? Over and over again. God would select and choose. How many believe God knows what he's doing when he, when he makes a choice? He knows the end from the beginning. And yet again and again. People have seen God's choice and said, No, nah, we don't want that. No, thanks. We're going to choose our own. Over and over again. Jesus himself, he came into his own, and what? His own received him not. They didn't receive him. So, anyway, Moses realizes, man, it's just a matter of time till it gets back to Pharaoh what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do. And I'm a dead man and so he runs, he runs and winds up out of the system, <laughs> off the grid. Off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean a way out in the boonies, <laughs> in the wilderness and he's out there for decades. And now he's old. And God. Appears to him. In a burning bush. After all this time. And all that's happened. And what did he say? Exodus are you there? And uh, three. And ten. Exodus 3.10. He said come now. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. That you may bring forth my people. The children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses said glory to God. <laughs> glory to God. This is what I've been believing for. For 40 years. Oh thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and that's what he should have done.
1: <laughs>
0: but he didn't. He said, who am I? Is the Lord trying to talk to him about who he is? No. He's telling him what he's going to do. Oh friend, learn a valuable lesson. When the Lord tells you what he's going to do, don't try to get him to talk about you.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, but um, we're not talking about you. <laughs> Yeah, but I can't. It's just, I don't know. And And it's been, and I've been through so much. And he didn't say, I want to talk about you. He said, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to use you. Come on, let's do it. Moses goes, I, who am I? What do you think God's going to say? I don't know who you are. Tell me, tell me about yourself. This is really an ignorant question. Now I'm not throwing any stones because we've all asked some dumb questions of the Lord. He's telling us what he wants to do and we're trying to get him to talk about us and our deficiencies and our weaknesses and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, what's what's Moses going to tell God that he doesn't know? What's he going to inform him about that's new information to the Lord? What's he gonna say? You know I I got problems over there. I'm a wanted man. (laughs) My picture's in the post office. (laughs) I can't go back. (laughs) Got a history over there. Down in the fourth chapter. Fourth chapter. The Lord gives him signs because he told him, he said, they, they won't listen to me. And the Lord said, yeah, they'll listen to this. And he gives him the sign about his rod and it becoming a serpent and then about his hand. You're talking about supernatural signs and wonders. So he shows him, he gives him a demonstration right there on the spot. And you know, Moses' eyes are this big. He just saw this rod turn into an animal and turn back into a stick. And his hand diseased, healed. Healed, diseased, healed. Whoa. He's looking at it. So verse 10, Moses said, well, that ought to do it. (laughs) I mean, what more do we need? When you want me to leave? no no. he said Lord I'm not eloquent I'm slow of speech and slow tongue I'm not a good talker and basically he said you don't want me I got all these legal problems over there what does he think the Lord's going to say You know, I didn't think about that. You're not a very good talker. And you're stumbling around in there in the throne room and then with all those legal problems. Let me think about this and I will, I'll get back. Did the Lord already know? Did he know things that Moses had trouble with that Moses ain't found out yet that he's got trouble with? Huh? Oh friend, now here's what I want you to see. The Bible said that even after the Lord says some other things, he said uh, I'll go with you, verse 12. I'll be with your mouth. I will teach you what to say. The almighty creator of heavens and earth. I've called you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to do these supernatural signs. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. You, you got speech problem. I'm going to be with your mouth. I'm going to put words in. I made the mouth. He tells him, I'm going to put words in your mouth. And I'm going to personally teach you what to say. Now, they've been talking for two chapters. And verse 13, he says, Lord, you know, sin by the hand of somebody, whoever you want to sin, he said, not me. You need to get somebody else. And the Lord looked at him and said, That's why I like you. So humble. <laughs> no. I said, No. No. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. He said, Isn't Aaron your brother? I know he can speak well. He's coming to meet you right now. The Lord was angry with him. Why would he be angry with him? Because he is not discerning the privilege, he's not acting worthy of what's going on here Is it going to cost Moses something? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's going to cost him something. But the cost is not even worthy to be compared with the honor. Oh friends, are y'all with me tonight? Are are your ears open? Listen with your hearts. This life, I don't care how hard it might be, it's over like that. I know it seems like a long time, but the Bible tells us the truth. It's like a vapor. It's just like a mist here for just a few few minutes, and it's gone. But you know what goes on and on and on? Eternity. Eternity. Throughout the endless ages, Moses, out of all the human beings on the planet at the time and the previous generations and the ones after that, there's only one, Moses, that led his people out of Egyptian bondage with some of the most outstanding signs and wonders that the earth has ever seen. That God shook the most powerful nation on the earth, Egypt, shook it to its knees and brought his people out with a high hand, a mighty arm, an outstretched hand. God spoke out of the fire. He wrote the commandments in stone. Moses is right in the middle of all of this. When God is saying come other verses in Psalms and New Testament says that Moses and Aaron were his chosen. When he said come I've chosen you. Is it going to cost? Yeah it's going to cost. It's not all going to be fun and games. Took some courage to walk back into that throne room. (laughs) I mean, the Pharaoh kills people for no good reason. He doesn't have to present it to Congress. (laughs) He does what he wants, when he wants. Nobody says a word. And you're going to come in the throne room and say, Jehovah says... Let my people go. Not please. Not would you. It took courage. And it wasn't easy. You know the story. Back and forth. Back and forth. On and on. And then when they finally came out of there. It wasn't all fun and games. I mean the first stop. The people want to kill him because they don't have enough water to drink. And it was one thing after another. And it was on and on. But that's been done. Gone millennia. Centuries. Ago. And all this time since then. Moses. Is Moses. And will always be. Moses. Because God chose him. Friend. We ought not act unworthily when the Lord calls us and says, come, I'm going to send you, I'm going to use you. We all have our uh, assignments, we all have our course, it doesn't have to be seen and known by everybody, but every one of them is significant. It's all a part in the great plan. And we got millions of believers that are whining and unwilling and not willing to give up anything to do it. Not willing to be inconvenienced. I'm too busy and I got this and I got that and and I can't. You, you do that very much. It'll make the Lord angry. Did you hear me, friend? Because you're not aware and acting like you're aware of what he's done for you. When the Lord says, come here, I'm going to use you. Oh friend, you ought to throw up your hands in the air. Come on, are you listening? This is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Out of all the billions on the planet, he says, I'm going to use you for something. And it's not just what's going on here and now. There is the reward. There is the blessing. But if you're faithful and obedient. It gives him a right. To give you a place in the eternal kingdom. That other folks don't have. And nobody can second guess it. In time to come. Jesus talked about people. Well in fact let's just turn. Let's read some scriptures. Matthew 19. Do you think there's been some wrong thinking in the body of Christ? Oh. Matthew 19. And down about verse uh, 27. Matthew 19:27. Peter said to him, behold, we have forsaken all and followed you. He said, It's cost us something to be with you. What shall we have, therefore? Jesus was talking about some things that brought this up in their thinking. You remember, He came by them and they were fishing. You remember that? And He said, Come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Now, they had lives just like you have a life, just like anybody else had. They had a job, they had a business. They got families. They got contracts. They got obligations. They got deadlines. Right? What'd they do? What'd they do? What'd they do? And that's why they're in the book. They were willing to pay any price, they were willing to completely change their life, their occupation, their schedule. Weren't they? No cost was too high. What what brought this up is the rich young ruler. He said he wanted eternal life. And the Lord told him, you know, go liquidate and come follow me. And he wouldn't do it. The price was too high. Cost was too great. So then Peter looks at him and says, well, we did. (laughs) So what do we get? (laughs) (laughs) He won't, so he's not going to get. We did. (laughs) So what do we get? Verse 28. Jesus said, verily I say to you. When he says verily, what does that mean? You can take this to the bank, man. This is right. You which have followed me in the regeneration when the son of man shall sit in the throne of his glory. You also shall sit on 12 thrones with me. Mm. Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Do you think Peter and those guys, they've been, they've been gone from the earth a long, long time. You think that even now, are you thinking the time to come when they're sitting on that throne? You think they'll ever pause and go, man, I missed my whole fishing boat. <laughs> Gave it all up for this. <laughs> but see, when you walk by sight, you don't think that way. When you walk by sight, the spirit, the kingdom of God, the future is not real to you. And so you're not willing to sacrifice or give up anything today for that. Because it's not real to you. Yeah. Oh, but when it is real to you. Yeah. I said when it is real to you. Yeah. You know that this little stuff down here. Yeah. It only lasts that long anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Stuff is just stuff. Stuff. It's wearing out. Rusting out. Rotten. Huh? It ought to be easy come. Easy go. Flows in. Flows out. You're not stuck to anything. far for stuff or money or, or house or place. In your heart, you ought to always live in a tent. I don't care if you got a big mansion. In your heart... You ought to be living in a tent. Yeah. Why? A tent can be struck yeah. overnight yeah. and move. Yeah. What, whatever we're supposed to do. Why? Because this is all temporary. Very, very brief. But see, friend, this there's no accident that things happen this way. This actually is one of the acid tests for those that are real those that are real believers, real disciples, and those that are real leaders. Look with me at something Paul said that helps to to reveal this. Actually, go to Hebrews 5 and we'll work our way over to this. Hebrews chapter 5 it's talking about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 5 and about verse 4 be okay to start. For time's sake. It's talking about how that Jesus has been called and made our high priest. And it says, no man takes this honor unto himself. But he that is called of God as was Aaron. In the things of God, you don't choose yourself. You don't choose your place or the call. You have to be invited. You have to be called. Now there are men that do all kinds of things. There are committees that get together and they say this one's a pastor and this one's an evangelist and they send people and that doesn't mean they are one. Like one fellow said, some are sent and some just went. (laughs) When it comes to ordination and these kind of things, what it should be is not the making of a minister. It should be acknowledging what God has already done. Because nobody can make themselves or make somebody else. A called one a graced one, an anointed one. And he said, no man takes this honor to himself. Everybody said out loud, no man man takes this honor honor to to himself. You can't do it, he said. But keep reading. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. Jesus did not make himself our high priest. The father did it. He that said to him, you are my son. Today have I begotten you. The father has done this. Who in the days of his flesh, verse seven, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he what? Suffered. Suffered. Not talking about Jesus suffering, being sick. In his life and ministry, at the cross, at the whipping post, he was made these things with ours, but he didn't experience it in life. Being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. He's our example to follow. But friend, when God calls you, it is the greatest honor. Because it does not just have to do with your life down here. It has to do with your place. In the kingdom. Forever. I know. Uh, Phyllis and I. Had the privilege of serving with brother Kenneth Hagen Sr. And his wife Miss Aretha for a number of years. We actually served in their ministry for 20 plus years. And. There were The Lord dealt with us to put their things first ahead of ours. We were to help them. And you know that's easy to say amen to but year after year you know you have to make choices and decisions. There were times we'd come in and be tired and about to do something and they'd call. And the choice is tell them we can't or drop everything, change your plans. Go a lot of times, you know, at your own expense, but the Lord had directed us very definitely help Th- these were uh, three words were my directive for twenty- some years. Help brother Hagen. That was my directive, and I knew it, so we did we-, we got it settled, and it wasn't a burden to us; it was a joy. We wound up at a place one time and we'd been doing this for a number of years and somebody said, oh man, boy, it's a a great privilege, you know, for you to do this. And there'd been some effort and things recently and I'm thinking yeah, I'm sure it is. Praise God. I didn't say all that. I just just said praise God And, and they said what a privilege it is for you to get to do this. it was a lot of work. It was a lot of sacrifice. And uh, the Lord began to minister to me about it. And he spoke some things to me I didn't understand. This phrase he said it is a high privilege to get to sow this seed. But you know how many remember the psalmist said He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed. At the sowing time, it's not always the party time. Right? When you're sowing, you're not receiving, you're giving out. And it's going away from you. And it's covered up in the ground. It's gone from you. And you're not going to experience any benefit from it necessarily tomorrow or next week. But, what's the rest of the verse say? He that goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall what? Doubtless, doubtless, come again, rejoicing, bringing his sheaves. Now your seed has turned into sheaves with him. And the Lord just said that phrase to my heart. He said, "It is a high privilege to be able to sow this seed." I, in my youth and inexperience, I wasn't aware. I, I knew it was good ground. I knew it was a great opportunity, but I, I had no idea how much. And the older I get, the more I begin to see the word that came out of that ministry. It's still multiplying in the earth today. Yeah. Thousands of graduates and ministers and churches. All over the planet. Yes. Are y'all with me friends? Yes, and that kingdom accomplishments. Will never cease. And. After our service of time with them. The Branson Church here. It just went from nothing. Nothing to something overnight and thing after thing after thing and I know it's connected to sow and seed everything's connected to sow and seed everything in everybody's life it's connected to sow and seed previous days previous years and the biggest part we had not got to yet When the Lord told them, Peter said, what? We we left everything. What are we going to have? He said, well, later on, you're going to sit with me in a throne. (laughs) Judging one of the tribes of Israel. He also told stories about how one would be over a city. Wanted to be over 10 cities. This is not a fairy tale. These are real cities. Real cities. That are eternal. And God has to have a justification. For making you ruler. Over 50 cities the size of San Francisco. That lasts Forever. When not everybody has that. And other people are not ruling over any cities. Forever. He has to have a reason. To be fair to do that. And when he's saying. John, Sue, Mary, Bobby. Come here. I know you can't see all that. And you don't know all that. But that's the way he wants it. So that you just do it because you love him. And just do it because you believe him. Come here. I'm going to send you. I want you to go over here. I want you to do this. I want you to take care of this. How many think if we were wise. If we had any spiritual awareness. What would we do? What would we do? We would say oh. (laughs) Yes sir. Yes sir. Anything else. Why? Because everything he's asking you to do is connected to something in eternity he's going to do with you and through you and for you. So, for him to even ask you and give you the opportunity to do it, yeah, it's going to cost you. But it is an opportunity to sow seed that's eternal. Oh, somebody say, Glory to God. Glory to God. Say it out loud. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Tell me your scripture. Romans 8.18. What about the cost? What about the price? It's not even worthy. What does that mean? It's not worth comparing. So man you've paid a great price. I hadn't paid any price at all. Compared to what God is doing for me. That's right. And what he's got planned to do with me, it. it's not a price at all Shouldn't even be brought up. Who said this? God used the man that had been shipwrecked and beat and stoned. And this is what he says about all his troubles. We read another verse last week. He called it light affliction. Momentary. (laughs) Light light affliction. Just for a moment. That was his trials and tests. So when the Lord came to Moses. And Moses keeps arguing and trying to talk him out of it. He's acting a fool. Isn't he? Because what is God offering him? An eternal place. Being Moses. How many think 100,000 years from now? You'll be in heaven. Moses come down the street. What will you say? There he is. Moses. Yeah, it was dry. It was sticky. It wasn't fun in the wilderness for a few years. But that's long gone long gone never to be repeated and eternity just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on, and on, and on, and on. no wonder the price is not even worthy to be compared whoo <laughs> somebody say glory to, glory to God thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. Thank, you, Lord. Thank 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 you, Lord. Many are called. Few are chosen. Because relatively few value that call and see it with the eyes of faith instead of just looking right now at the cost at the price. Can you say amen? amen? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Go to Revelation, please, 17th chapter. Revelation 17. Seventeen fourteen. 14. We get a glimpse into the future. If you read other passages you'll see that the lamb rides out on a white horse the golden band king of kings is on him and on his vesture and there are many that follow him clothed in white linen which is the righteousness of the saints. Many 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 that have been redeemed By the blood of the Lamb. And can sing the song that the angels can't sing. Redeemed. Redeemed. Oh somebody say redeem, redeem, redeem. And there are some very foolish people. They're going to make war with the Lamb. And the Lamb shall overcome them for he is Lord of Lords. And King of Kings and they that are with him. Or what? Three things. Called. Chosen. Chosen, And faithful.
1: faithful.
0: (laughs) It was the ones that said yes. And didn't forget about it the next day. Or the day after. Their yes meant yes. And they were there. And they were faithful. And they did their job. And they stayed their course. And they ran their race. Those are the called, the chosen, the faithful. How about you? How about you? Are you you in that number? Are you one of these? Called, chosen, faithful. What's it going to be like, saints? What's it going to be like? In a glorified body that never gets old, never even gets weak. Never ages a day in the kingdom of our father that shines like the sun that'll never pass away. What will it be like? Glittering cities, glory, the plan of God continuing to unfold. It's a mighty big universe out there. What's he going to do with all that? It's there for some reason. Right? What's going to happen? Space travel? It's all out there. What if it needs you in another system? We have no idea. What's going to be going on? It's going to be so far above this little sandbox. (laughs) And anybody... That had the commitment and grace to be faithful in their few days down here are going to be the happiest people throughout eternity, forever and ever, because you have a permanent place in the kingdom. That's right. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are a citizen of heaven. And you have your job and you have what. We're not going to sit on a cloud and strum a harp. I guess if you want to, you can do some of that. But who wants to do that forever? I mean, I assure you there'll be things to do. Important things to do. Things to be accomplished. How wonderful it'll be to be able to accomplish them with unlimited grace. No physical or financial restrictions. No devils or disease or curse to hinder you. (laughs) Because of this, the Lord doesn't beg you to do things. and, And we as ministers should not beg other people to do things. It's misrepresenting the Lord. When there's an opportunity and there's a call, it is a privilege. How many believe it's a privilege to sow? Your time, your labor, your talent, your stuff. If it's really kingdom stuff, if it's if the Lord's really in it, man, we, we don't even know what a privilege and honor it is. We don't really know. That's why it's by faith. Just do it by faith. And if people look at you and they have this kind of opportunity and they they make excuses and they act like, like, I can't and I'm busy and I got this to do. You're not supposed to beg them and plead with them because they are acting unworthy of such an honor. Can you see this, friends? Ministers and leaders often are misrepresenting the Lord because they chase people. They run after them and plead with them and try to bargain with them and and if you'll just do anything, you can do it however you want to. And and that's misrepresenting the Lord, because the Lord didn't tell you that. That's right. He gives you a job to do. Tells you how to do it. That's right. And if you don't want to do it, you're... It's an insult. Moses is not seeing all the way down the road, is he? No. Standing by that burning bush. he—he's not. He's not... He's been out in the desert a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And I don't know how much word he's been hearing out there. (laughs) And he's gotten into a negative flow and then and he's he figures he's old and he you know they just need some they need to find a young guy. They need to do something else. Oh, but friend, when the Lord calls your name. I said, when the Lord calls your name. He gives you an instruction or an invitation or an opportunity through your leaders, by the Spirit, children, through your parents, till you're grown and leave. And all these ways we need to be alert to not just hear people talking, but hear God speaking through situations. And when we hear him calling our name, it is not time to try to get him to talk about our deficiencies and why we can't, it is time to stand up real straight and go, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, you would use me. Yeah. In spite of all the deficiencies and challenges, you already know what you're going to do. You're going to have to prop me up every moment of the day. You're going to have to hold my hand and, and, and spoon feed me. He already knows all that and is willing to do it and ready to do it. He just needs a simple thing out of you. Yes. 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 And it's a privilege. Yes. And thank you very much. I'm glad to do it. I will very gladly, not just do it. I will very gladly spend and be spent. Why? Because the cost is not even worthy to be compared. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Let's close our eyes and focus on Him. Oh, just focus on Him. Don't be looking around. Give Him your full attention for a few moments here. Hallelujah. Pray it out loud after me, Lord. It is the greatest privilege. To know you you and to have any part part in what you're doing in in the earth. earth. If I have have disrespected, disrespected failed to value value or esteem esteem your things, things, your your call, your invitation, Opportunity. Forgive me. Help me to realize it. And see what is you. See what you offered me. Realize your grace. It is not my heart. To disrespect you. Or your things. Forgive my ignorance. Or stubbornness. Or pride, or whatever it was that contributed to responding the wrong way, I ask for mercy, opportunity to respond the right way this time. Have mercy, I pray. I'm willing by faith, I'm willing. There is no cost too great, no price too high. It's not even worthy to be compared with the glory that you have planned, and it'll surely be revealed in us, through us, to us, now and in the ages to come. Thank you, Master. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's thank Him for hearing the prayer. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master, for hearing our prayer. Thank you for your grace and mercy and kindness. Oh, thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes. This
1: ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church.